Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. We're excited today as we begin a new series for Advent for our 2023 season. Uh, we are looking forward to kind of looking at the lens of the birth of Christ from the cradle to the cross. And that's what we're going to do today is we're actually going to look at John chapter 1 verses 14. We're going to look at the cradle to the cross and uh, I hope that you enjoy this series for Advent. We hope that you have uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, Christmas season. As I told the church yesterday, one of the things that uh, followers of Christ do is we tend to invite people only for Christmas service or Easter service. And God hasn't commanded us to make disciples just on Easter and Christmas. So I would pray that you would share the gospel constantly, consistently. And I hope that this series will uh, get a better understanding. Like God, when he sent his son into this world, he sent his son for the remissions and the repentance of sin so we could be saved from our sin. And Jesus always spoke and taught and pointed to the cross, always. And that's what this series is going to be about. It's going to be looking at the birth of Christ, the prophecies that were fulfilled. But not only that, but also to look how things were always pointing to the cross. The work that would be done on the cross by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect, sinless life who died on the cross for the sins of this world so that we would no longer, we have an option not to be separated from a holy God because of our sins. We have free will. You have to choose to follow him or not. But you can't make an excuse to say that there's no way I can be forgiven of my sin. No, there is a way. He came into this world and the word became flesh and his name is Jesus Christ. That's the title of this sermon today, and the Word became flesh. Let's look at this from the cradle to the cross. This is the first half of this two-part teaching. Get started. We're going to be kind of all over the Bible tonight. Uh, so um, as we, we normally are verse by verse, chapter by chapter teaching, so tonight we actually begin our Advent teaching. And so as we, we start that, um, we will we'll actually, I'll, I'll explain what we're going to be doing over the next few, few days here, um, over the next few Wednesdays and Sundays. So the verse that stuck out to me was actually Luke chapter 24, 
verses 44. Now, it's not an Advent verse. So when you look at it, you're going to go, well, why is he teaching that? But I'll explain to, explain to you why. Uh, in Luke chapter 24, verses 44, it, it says this. It says, Then he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, These are the words which I spoke to you, which I, will, I was still with you, that all things must be filled, fulfilled which are written in the law of, the Mo, of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And so as we think about the birth of Christ, we get all of these emotions and things that we know when we have Christmas, right? Um, and the main thing is, is like, what did he tell the disciples? Uh, he said when he first started his ministry, the first words out of his mouth for his ministry was, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so it's meaning that the kingdom of God, the keys to the kingdom have been given to the church right now. So right now, the keys uh, of the kingdom have been given to the church. And in later time, uh, the, the kingdom will be for the nation of Israel uh, as the church is raptured. And, uh, and so we have a, a reason that we are here. Uh, forget this. Uh, understand. Uh, as we think about churches, right, the kingdom of God is not to fill churches. The kingdom of God is to get the gospel of Christ out. I think, and we, we get this a little confused, I think, because what we focus on primarily is, hey, we got a church, we got a building, we got to take care of the building, we, gotta, we need a ministry for this, we need a ministry for that. We, and then what you end up doing is you just end up taking care of all those different things within the church, and you don't actually go out to tell people about the kingdom of God. He gave us a command, a command that we are to go what, make disciples and, and to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that's really what we've been called to do. No place in the, in the Gospels, in the Synoptic Gospels or either in the book of John, have anything about the menorah. Just FYI, okay? Doesn't have anything about Jesus teaching in the temple during the time of Christmas. Because he always pointed to the cross. Everything that he did was pointing to the cross. And so the purpose of what we're going to be doing over Advent is I want you to know about his birth. But we're going to go from the cradle to the cross. So today we're actually going to look at a simple verse. And I think it's one that people skip over in John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word of God, uh, the truth of God is, is at the very beginning. Jesus always existed. That's the first thing it, it, we have to establish. We get so wrapped up in, in, in you know, trying to understand Christmas, but I think we understand it from a commercial perspective and not in the presence of God. And, and that's even for us as Christians. We, we, I know for me, when I first came to faith, <laughs> Christmas for us was, that was the time of year mom and dad had to fix all their problems, so they bought presents. Uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was six. Um, and we did, and, and I've, I've shared this with y'all before, but those of y'all that don't know me, we did the exchange at Catholic Church. Midnight Mass. Two drunk parents handing off kids. 
at midnight mass. That was the exchange that happened on Christmas Eve. And that was how we grew up. And, and so presents from one, presents from the other. What I needed was presents with my father. It wasn't there. I'd get them, you know, bits and pieces. And, and so, and mom would try to make up with it by buying, trying to buy as many presents as she could buy. That was what Christmas was. Knew nothing about Christ. We weren't taught that. I knew more. I've told you all this before. I could give you more of the attributes of Santa Claus than I could of Jesus Christ as a kid. Uh, that's the reality of it. it. It just that's what we grew up with. And so when I when I started coming to faith, all that all that baggage that I had as a believer, because to me that's what Christmas was about. Uh, let's get presents. You know, let's fill the tree. Can we get more presents under the tree than we got last year? That was always the thing. You know, well, the so-and-so wants this. Well, you know, use that credit card. Let's, let's max it out. That was my Christmas. And so when I started coming to know Christ and I started studying the Bible, I understood that it had nothing to do with that. It was about the presence of God. I, I had all that stuff. Like he says, you're a new creation. Well, God had to make me a new creation for Christmas. Like he was like, all this stuff that you, Black Friday, all that stuff you used to do, it's all done. It's over. Like it's, it's none of that stuff's important. That's not what it's about. But that's what we get wrapped up into. So when we get into Sunday's teaching, we just finished the book of Malachi. So we're going to go over those 400 years of silence. Because most of you have your Bibles and in the Bible you have that blank page. And you just move to the next, and that's not how, it was 400 years. And when we look at the book of Daniel, I don't think people realize just in the book of Daniel alone, there are a hundred, and, and man, I hope y'all get this. There are 135 prophecies fulfilled in Daniel chapter 11 alone. 135. God gave the exact thing that was going to happen from the Medes and Persian Empire falling to uh the uh the greek empire coming up and and then the greek empire breaking in pieces and giving off to the generals the four generals and then eventually the roman empire coming and so those things are are important because you know the book of daniel is such a, a great book it you know when you think about the book of daniel you parallel that with the book of revelation and and the people will say, and this is the problem we have with our culture today, uh, is that we we Jesus says, "I am the truth, the truth. There's no other truth, right? I am the truth, the the way and the life." And and so people don't grasp, even if you give them physical evidence, proof through the Word of God that can be proven, because they. There's so much misinformation out there. They won't believe it. This generation struggles with truth because they've been taught that they can define their own truth. I define my truth. And, and within that, I can define if I'm male or female. Right? You define that, and that's wrong because God tells you in the Word of God in the very beginning of the book, you're created male and female. But when you start defining your truth... You forget the truth, the one that became flesh, that came into this world. When we look at that and it says, then the word became flesh, Jesus is the word, the logos. 
So when you study the Word of God, you're actually spending time with Christ. It's very important that you get that. Because people will say all the time, I want to hear from God, but they will not crack their Bibles open. And I'm one of those pastors where you'll hear that from me a lot. But I'm also one of those pastors that understand I have a hard time concentrating and reading myself. It's just the way my mind works. It's messed up that way. So I have to read it and listen to it. It's just the way that I am. I'm a, kind of an audible listener or learner as well. And so I'm all for it. If you got to listen to it, awesome. I'm one of those people that I don't want you learning chunks of the Bible at one time. I want to make sure you learn and understand what you're reading. So if you're in a paragraph and you go, man, there's so much here I, 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 I want to dig into, then dig into it. Dig into it because I think that's where we, we make our mistakes sometimes. Now, as you grow and you become more uh, mature in your faith, you can do those big chunks of the Bible. You can read two, three chapters. You can do the Psalms and the Old Testament and the New Testament all in one day reading because you've, you, you've matured into that. But when you're first getting started, the best thing to do is just open the Bible. The book of John's a great book to start with. But so is the book of Luke, because Luke wrote of it from a doctor's perspective. People don't understand when he talks about the swaddling, uh, the baby being in swaddling clothes. It's the same. It's a reference to him being wrapped after the crucifixion. It points to that. It's the same word that's used for swaddling clothes. It's used for the, the wraps after the crucifixion. Same word in the Greek. And so for us, when we think about the Word became flesh, we, we understand that a Savior is born. In Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 18, it says, But will God indeed dwell with man on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built? Solomon asked that question. The man with all the wisdom. And yet Jesus came. Jesus is the Word. He's fully God, fully man. Stood outside of time. And, and so people will think, well, he just came on the scene 2,000 years ago. As we start diving into uh, Sunday's teaching, you're going to find out that, that he was in, he appears in, the, in uh, the law. He also, you see him uh, written about in the Psalms and you see him, uh, the prophecies over uh, the prophets that, that talked about him. And see, most most cults or false religions will have to they can't have this they can't have a jesus being born they can't have him being fully god fully man so they have to they have to do something with jesus and so what they do is they either make him the half brother of lucifer that's what the mormons believe um or they they say he's the archangel michael or you know or you know it, it's again you see whether it's buddhist or muslim faith they they their belief in jesus is not that he's fully god fully man and so they have to do something with him because he's eternal and he was born and he is the son of god in john chapter 8 verse 58 it, and if you ask the question of whether or not he existed he, he told them jesus said to them truly truly i say to you before abraham was i am and in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And so he's, Jesus abandoned His sovereign position to be born, to be obedient to the Father. A father sends His Son 
and 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 the son I, I love Philippians chapter 2 it's such a it's a great verse for us as followers of Christ and verse 5 it says have this mind among yourself which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God did not count it equality with God a thing to be grasped meaning he was a servant he was obedient to the father but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man that's actually what we're called and i i tell the church this all the time you're this is what we are is we are to be obedient we are to be humble and we are to be a servant and that starts in the home it doesn't start necessarily here at the church it starts in the home it starts with what god has given you god has blessed you with the family god has blessed you with kids then that's where you're your humility, your service, and your obedience to the Father begins because that's where He wants you to be your focus. And then as, as that, you know, is going well, then He, hey, come serve at the church. You know, that's the, the reality of it. A lot of us think that because, hey, if I come serve at the church, I don't have to deal with my family. <laughs> it's like, no, that's, that's not the point of it. Like, you're, the purpose of you... Serving at the church is because everything's going good with the family, meaning that it doesn't mean that it's all perfect, but it means that, hey, they're, they're behind you serving. They love what God is doing in your life, and they want you to be able to, they support what you're doing. And we know that Jesus, the Savior, is born. We, we know the verse in Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 38, and the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So again, he, we see that, that the promise of, of he's coming from the lineage of David, the seed that was promised. To Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 so again we see that there's in the law right in 2nd Samuel chapter 7 verse 12 it says when your days are filled and you lie down with your fathers I will raise up your offspring after you he's talking to, to David who shall come from your body and I will establish the kingdom he shall he shall build a house from uh, from my name and I will establish the throne of, of his kingdom forever and I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took, took it from Saul, whom I will put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. He became flesh. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect has, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He committed no sin. He faced the human experiences that we all go through. He knows what it is to be hangry, you know. And he knows what it is to, to be tired, to go through hardships. But through all of it, he did not sin. The perfect Lamb of God. And most people, when they think about this, they, they struggle with this because they, they think, well, nobody could do that. Fully God, fully man, right? 
And that's why when we see prophecies foretelling of births, there's not a prophecy foretelling of the prophet Muhammad. People don't understand that Muhammad actually, you know, reality is he was a pedophile. Yeah, and I'm probably sure this will probably get kicked off Facebook now. 13 years old, the girl that he, yeah. You don't, you study history, you start finding out stuff that people don't realize. It's like, you know, they follow, we're talking about misinformation and not believing in the truth. You see that happening with the pro-Palestinian movement. They completely ignore the truth. It's sad, but there's no prophecy that shows Muhammad being the coming of Muhammad. Not one. There's not one prophecy that Muhammad actually fulfilled. Not one. There's not one prophecy that Joseph Smith of the Mormons fulfilled. Not one. But Jesus fulfilled over 300. And there's still more to come because he's going to return. That's what we forget, right? The cradle to the cross and his return is coming. When he returns, he's not coming back as the, the Lamb of God. The purpose of us is there should be a sense of urgency, as we says in the Word became flesh, is like we're actually supposed to be sharing the Word of God with people. He's like the kingdom, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He is the King of kings, and he's given that to the church. I love Mary's response here. She says in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? That's why it says the seed, and we'll go over that this Sunday, right? In, in Genesis 3.15, And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Holy Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son in the sixth month. With her was uh, called Baron, that's John the Baptist. And we're going to go through all of this next Wednesday. For nothing will be possible with nothing uh, will be impossible with God. And Mary said, "Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word." Word. And the angel departed from her. Man, that is such an important piece of scripture because it says, "Let it be according to your word." Lord, what what you need to do, let it be according to your word. This is why I love the Bible. People struggle with how can she be born of the Holy Spirit? How can some? How can in Daniel the they're partying and having having a party? A lot of bad things happening, and then they go get the the stuff from the temple, and they're going to start drinking out of those things that were God that were holy, and the hand comes out and starts writing on the wall. And you go, how's that can happen? He's God. If you, if you can't believe Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, you're going to struggle with the whole Bible. You have to accept Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. He's God. He stands outside of time. The number one question we get at every youth retreat is, who made God? Besides, can we smoke weed? That's the other one that we get. I don't know why we always get that one. What well, is legal in some states, because it's legal with man, doesn't mean it's legal with God. God tells you not to be drunk, right? But to be filled with the Spirit, to be continually filled with the Spirit. And that, that thing that he's talking about being of wine is pharmakia, which actually includes weed. If you think about it, the word pharmakia is where we get our word pharmacy from. So we, we have to think about these things when we look at the Bible and the Scripture because the Word is the guide that, that guides should be guiding our lives. 
And, and so that's why I always tell people you have to be able to believe Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 because if not, you're going to struggle with the rest of the Bible. So when you, when you see, you know, oh, the donkey talks. Well, how can that happen? I've only seen that on Shrek. No, it says the donkey talk, the donkey talk. It's in the Bible. You have to accept what God is like. I accept that because he's God. I'm not. He's all powerful. He can, he can do what he wants. He's holy. He's righteous. His character is yesterday, today, and forever. It does not change. That's why I was telling you, you can trust this God and the Word became flesh because you can trust Christ. He doesn't change. Who would want a God that changes? I don't. They keep moving the finish line, keep moving the finish line. No. We, we believe the Bible because it's, 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 a, it's a, hist a collection of historical documents. And, and it's, it's been written down by eyewitnesses. This is what's crazy. During the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. And they report supernatural events that took place. The fulfillment, and this is what people can't figure out, is how many specific prophecies and claims that were fulfilled. Like, how can that happen? Because it's real. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 